So, hello and welcome back to the Champtery Christmas special. The music is on. No Stilton cheese this year, but we've Ronan Groom, we've Mr. Mike Vince, and we are going to preview the Christmas action. We have a fantastic show coming up, and just to let listeners know, we'll be have that big giveaway, uh, thanks to Thomas Coyle, at the end of the show. It's a win-your-own racehorse, 20% share in that mark has uh, plenty of interest, over 240 entries um, across Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. We also have a lovely little treat for, for podcast listeners as we got down to HQ, close Sutton, uh, to interview Patrick Mullins and see some of the stable stars that are about to, to race over Christmas. We're going to kick off, lads, with the King George on, as the English call it, Mike Vince Boxing Day. Yeah, happy Christmas to one and all. And uh, the mother-in-law joins me in wishing you well and wishing Barry a new romper suit for Christmas. Um, uh, it's a race which is all about Nichols. I mean, would you believe it? 1997, he won it for the first time with Seymour Business. And then has won, won it now. He's trying to win it for the 12th time. Which way do we go? I go with Surname. I think Ronan's going to disagree with me. I think they got it wrong with Surname last year. He was bearing the scars of that scrap with Altior in bottomless ground, which did neither of them any favours. And there was a wow factor about his win at, we- at uh, Weatherby. Um, and there wasn't really, for me, a wow factor about Clanders, although he got stuck in the mud at Haydock. I'd love to see him Bristol to mine this field. Um, but I am a surname fan, but I know that uh, my learned friend is going to disagree with me. <laughs> well, before we were going to preview the King George, Mike Vince, I, I was going to say we were going to start, stand for the opening hymn by yourself of Oh Holy Night. But Ronan Groom was Oh Holy Night last night because... I think Ronan Groom, you had a, a couple of beverages. Oh, just a couple, just a couple down in the local China Garden here in Navin. Anyone from the surrounding Mead area will know the China Garden is famous around here. So uh, I went out with a few of the lads. A much smaller crowd this year than than usual. So has to be done. Keep that voice up, Ronan Groom, throughout the podcast. But the King George, three o'clock at Kempton on Saint Stephen's Day. Who are you going with here? Yeah, Barry, I think there's two ways of looking at this uh, from a betting point of view. You can kind of separate the race into two. You can, you're either clandes or surname, or you uh, want to take one against them. And I kind of want to do both. Out of the two, I like clandes Obo uh, strongly. I, 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 I think he should be clear favourite. He's uh, coming here on the hat-trick. You know he's been primed for this. Uh, ran an excellent race at uh, Haydock uh, behind Bristol de Mai. That's I think that's really strong form. Uh, as you know, and I'm just not convinced on surname. I, I like. I think too much is made of his win at Weatherby, um, and the level of that form isn't close to what Clan Oboe did at Haydock. Um, bombed in this race last year to all extents. I know they're saying he's a fresh horse, but I just think it's too easy of an excuse last year to say that. Um, you know, the the the, the Ascot race bottomed them out. Uh, I think Clan Oboe is rock solid here. Um, he should be clear favourite. The one I think uh, of the others. That's very interesting is Real Steel. As you know, I'm a big fan of this horse and cruised into the Gold Cup last season um, and, and probably just didn't get up the hill. And he's with Nichols and, and Nichols is on record as saying that he, he's he's had a bit of uh, some of the Willie Mullins horses that come over from owned by Jared Sullivan. He's had a bit of a head scratcher um, and he took a while to get, get used to them. And Real Steel ran at Ascot in the... Um, Imperial Aura race, giving weight away, and he ran okay, but he he, he looked like he, he would need the run kind of bombed out in the straight, and I've long thought that going right-handed like a flat track like this would suit him. I was hoping Willie might run him here last season, 
And he's running here now off a first-time tongue tie, second run of the season, second run for Nichols. I just think there's lots of scope there for him to to run a big race. And I could see him going, you know, being banged there maybe in the straight and maybe he'd be outstayed by Clan Days Obo. But I can see him running a big race. So I've backed him at each way at 16-1. to 1. But out of the top two, I do like Clan Days Obo. I think he's he's rock solid. For me, Percy, if you were looking, as you said, I think you rightly said, Ronan, split the race up in two. If I was looking at each each way angle in this race, saying Calvados was one that interests me, stepping up the three miles for the first time, I think, you know, it was an argument to be said that, that he could have maybe beaten him in last year in the Reiner. He was travelling like the best horse, made a mistake at a crucial time in the race. And, you know, he is moving up the three miles. I spoke Speaking to Gavin Sheen early in the season, he thinks... He was meant to run, obviously, in in the Betfair chase himself, and, and and I think his bloods were wrong at the time. So if he's here, prime them well, uh, stepping up the three miles for the first time. I thought he was interesting. That's saying Calvados, 167 rated, so he doesn't have too far to go. And uh, you know, if a step up and trip helps him, I think there is 20 to one available on on Saint Calvados. And coming on, lads, to the Cato Star novices chase. It's a hot looking race. Runner room, had you thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, not overly, uh, Barry. It's uh, not a race that I think I'll be having a play in, but uh, it obviously is a very good race. Um, usually produce a nice winner, something that might come back for the King George next year. Hosham Blue's done it nicely on his last two starts. I'm not surprised he'd favour at all for the Skeletons. The big breakaway I like a lot more. Coming back up and trip, and Contender has an excellent run on the record in this race. Uh, and if the cap fits, is good kept in form as well. So... Yeah, I'm not I'm jumping around. I thought if the cat bits might be the one I'd go on, but I don't have a strong opinion, so I'll leave that to uh, my learned British friend there, Michael Vince. Take it away, Mike Vince. Well, I'm a big takeaway fan. I mean, I was um, I watched in horror at Exeter. I was actually on trackside uh, when he managed to uh, snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. It was a slow run crawl over an inadequate trip, and anything that could go wrong did go wrong. You just hope there's going to be a bit of pace, but he's a three-miler. I just think the one thing that um, uh, Exeter settled was he wasn't going to be taking on Envoy Allen in any two-and-a-half-mile march chase at the festival in March. He has to win this to justify his lofty reputation, and I think he will. Um, but that said, uh, at this stage, the three-mile novice chase division is a mess. There's nothing that's come out. Uh, anywhere on either side of the water that is outstanding. Uh, the big breakaway's got his chance. I just hope he takes it. Uh, he has got to prove it, but I think he will prove it. I think he will prove that trying to take on three horses over an inadequate trip, giving weight away to them, uh, was a mistake. Yeah, he got some more experience in defences, but he wasn't winning that race at halfway. Brilliant stuff. Before we come on to Leopardstown on St. Stephen's Day, Mike Vince got up with Sean Flanagan, a jockey who knows how to ride this course pretty well. Yeah, well, it's, it's obviously a very, very well presented track. Uh, there's loads of jumping down the back uh, on the chase course. Um, and then you have only probably two fences in the last half mile on the chase course. And it's a lot stiffer than it might look to the, to the naked eye. If you stand at the, the back of the, I suppose, the second last fence and look to the winning post, it's a long way above you. Uh, so there is a quite a quite a stiff uh, finish to it, but yeah, it is it is a quite fair track. Uh, I would have it as as possibly one of the best race tracks I have probably ever ridden at as regarding fair. If you jump off and you're lucky enough to get the box seat and you have a horse that travels, you have to do something very very silly on it to get it beat. Um, so yeah, it's a very very fair big galloping track. 
there's no hiding places. If you're riding the best horse generally, uh, you can get it get it to where you need it to be. I mean, for instance, 17 fences in the Savills over three miles is less than most three-mile chases. You think of you know, Cheltenham is 20. Um, so yeah. does it place a slightly different emphasis, do you think? The Cheltenham fence, uh, compared to the to the Leperstown fence, would the, the Leperstown fence, albeit there might be a few a few less fences, they do take quite quite a bit of jumping. Um, you don't get away with many mistakes. They're a bigger, square, solid fence, and they're a very inviting fence to jump. Uh, but at the same time, they do take a lot of jumping. Uh, there might be less, but but you need that little bit more respect as well. And with the uh, paddy pad chase and with all these big handicap hurdles that you have during the four days, um, how much does Lady Luck play a part? Because those enormous fields are not easy to navigate, are they? No, no, it's a, it's a, it's a big thing, you know. Uh, the chase course is a very, very wide track, um, and you can afford to give away a little bit of ground as, as regarding, like if you, you you reflected on Cheltenham, uh, you know, if, you, if you're three or four off the rail going around Cheltenham, you're giving away a lot of ground. You're three or four off the rail going around Leprosound, you're not actually giving away a lot of ground. There's two big long straights, you have plenty of time. Uh, but you know, if you look at a couple of those competitive two mile handicap hurdles, you jump off there in the corner and you jump the last and you have one lap. Like a few, a few 20 odd runners in one of those races and you're dropped in seventh or eighth, there's a fair chance you mightn't see a hurdle. The rider mightn't see a hurdle until he gets to the second last or he may possibly to the last. Uh, you know, you've, you've got to really trust your horse. Um, and uh, and hope that the, the door is open for you when you need them to open, you know. Interesting thoughts from Sean Flanagan there. The 2.15 at Leopardstown is the first grade one. It's the grade one racing post. Novices chase. Felix Deji has come in for support. Seven to four. Black Bow. Um, David Mullins takes the ride as Paul Town and goes to Limerick. He's an 11 to four shot. Darver Star, uh, 10 to three. Embittered, eight to one. Franco Laporte, eight to one. And Ben Rubin is 40 to one. Well, it looks competitive, even though it's a small field. Uh, I think it's an excellent race, Barry. Um, and it, it, for a long time, we were wondering who's going to go here and who's going to go to Limerick. And maybe Limerick is a stronger race. Paul Townend is going down there to ride the steering for Lange. And Mark Walsh is going down there as well. But this is still a very good race as well. And Felix Deji did it very well at Punchestown the last day. And the form got a big boost when Sizing Potsy went and won a handicap chase really impressively. Uh, but I just thought Black Bow was a little bit underrated here. Um, I was just going through the, the runners there yesterday when the declarations come in, and I was just expecting Black Bow to be in and around maybe 9-4, and I think you can still get around 7-2 for him. And that's a big old price because I, I like the way he did it in Navin, and um, as uh, Patrick Mullen said, uh, uh, he seems defensive seems to have been the making of him. He was always a really well hyped horse when he, he won his bumper as well. I think he was favourite for the champion bumper. It never happened for him over hurdles, but oh, over fences he looked a different proposition at Navin. Um, and I think maybe the whole Paul Town and going to Limerick thing instead maybe might be a factor in his price. The rest of the runners here, Darver Star, I was quite disappointed with last time. I thought he was. He actually looked a bit slow over the two miles and maybe two and a half miles might suit him better. Frank with the port is interesting, but I think it's more to do in his hurdles form as well. And and embittered and Ben Rubin both things to do. But Felix Deji, I think, was the rightful favourite. But I do think Blackpool should be a bit closer to him on, on what he did at Navin. I thought he was quite impressive. Mike Vince, would you agree? Yeah, and let's uh, not forget that David Mullins actually rode him at Navin that day. So he knows the horse, and that's important to me. I've always thought that the Navin fences are not dissimilar to Leperstown's as well. I mean, he beat an armada of JPs. I think Glenn Tukar, I think, was behind him that day. 
Uh, JP had five of the next six home behind him, and he jumped really well. And I think um, I'd love to see Darva Star for the yard further, Gavin Cromwell Yard go well. Um, but Blackbow is the one that certainly attracts my attention. And you know, Patrick, I, I talked to him a couple of weeks ago, was making the point they've got an amazing amount of depth in novice chases. Um, but Blackbow, I, bad news for Blackbow fans, Mr. Groom and I seem to be of one mind. Yeah, Mike Vince, you, you, you mentioned Willie Mullins' team and novice chasers this year. I was, of course, a little bit disappointed I didn't see Energamine, but we will see him, I, I, I'm, I'm sure of it, in January. Uh, Blackbow, yeah, I think he did absolutely not a thing wrong at, at Navin. Let him out in front, let him roll, let him use his jumping. He's a course winner, and, and I think he might be difficult to beat here, lads. Full house for Blackbow. Coming on, before we come on, lads, to Limerick, I think it's a perfect time to introduce our stable feature with Patrick Mullins. We went down uh, to catch up with Patrick ahead of... So, Patrick, thanks for having us down to HQ and delighted to have you on the Champion League podcast once again. Christmas racing, very busy. Let's start with the novice chasers. Black Bull and Asterian Falange both entered this Christmas. Yeah, Asterian Falange goes down to Limerick. Um, right-handed, two and a half miles, heavy ground to suit him well. Um, we were very happy with him punch down. He did jump a little bit to his right over the last two when he was getting in, getting up a gear. Um, so that, you know that's probably why we went down to Limerick. Um, although he didn't win a great one in Limerick last year, but look, he's in great form. Um, he's going to have to take on uh, Janadil down there, who's a very good horse as well. Now he has, has to prove that he's a great one horse, but he's the type we think he could be. So it won't, he won't have it all his own way. Um, Asterian is probably the most likely winner from our point of view, but someone who didn't want to play maybe the, the short price, um, I definitely wouldn't have watched Janadil at all. And Black Bow is one that you rode in bumpers, Patrick, and of course he was very impressive up at Navin over two miles. Is that, to think, his trip? Um, yeah, the way he fences, he seems to jump particularly quickly, and um, you know, it was very disappointing over hurdles, but hopefully fences now can bring out uh, his best form again. He's won around Leprechaun before, he won the grade two bumper there, couple of years ago um, and just yeah the way he jumps uh, two mile let him gallop give him his head um, he I think he's going to be I think he should fulfill his potential finally because he's very disappointing master of artists yeah moving on to suppose, some of the novice hurdlers appreciate a micromanager too that I suppose caught my eye micromanage of course last seen in the, in the St. Ledger he looks an interesting type goal of Ireland. He's a horse we've been very excited about. He won his two-door maiden at Bray Race Blackmore. Um, he's been schooling since he's been two. He jumps very well. Um, he's a horse with an awful lot of ability. We've made no, um, we haven't tried to hide what we think of him. Um, he's just been difficult to train over the last 18 months. We haven't been able to get a clear run with him as much as we'd like. So we've got a clear run with him lately. Um, he runs there in Leprechaun on Stevens Day. Uh, possibly might be better over further um, as time goes on, you know, he's a mile and six horse in the flat, they usually want two and a half, three miles over hurdles. So, um, but he should be well able to cope two miles in a maiden hurdle. So, delighted to finally get him on the track, really before seeing him run. Appreciate it, uh, runs in the two mile. I don't think two miles is probably going to be the best trip, but it's a grade one, obviously Fernie Hollows out, and appreciate it, won, has won around this track twice, he won that same grade two bumper at Blackball one a couple of years ago. Um, you know, Bally Adam looks very quick, might he have an extra gear than our fella? Possibly, um, but we'll know more after this. Uh, I, I'd imagine he's going to have to open trip later on in the season. Um, this will let us know... With the ground coming, I suppose, softer as well, you'd have to think that 
Too many shouldn't be an issue for him. Yeah, no, look, Leprechaun never gets really soft anymore. Drainage up there is particularly good. Um, I'd be a little bit concerned maybe Balladen might do him for a year or two this time, but like I said, I think when he gets two and a half miles, he's seen at his best. N'Golo shouldn't be forgotten about. He was a little bit unlucky in the Royal Bond. They went very slow. Balladen was running the race. We didn't get a clear run. Um, again, a bit like Janadel, if someone wanted to play, wanted a bigger price, I think he could be better. And moving on to the two-mile hurlers, I suppose, a couple of them that are entered, uh, we, we, I suppose we have to have declarations still, uh, but Concertista was a mare that I saw that was entered in, in, the, in the Madison hurdle. She was impressive, never come off the bridle of Fairy House. She was very good. Um, I, I imagine she'll probably go for the mare's race. Uh, Willie likes to keep them that way. We have, we're quite heavy-handed in the Madison. We have Salier, Charge and St. Roy, so I imagine we'll probably send her the mare's route. Um, she's very, very exciting. Very, very exciting. Um, now she had, look, the last day it was a restricted mayor, it was a not, second season novice marriage, so it's two restrictions. So she had just a step, step up a lot in, into open company. Um, Salier is coming back from injury. Uh, he won first out last year. We weren't really, we weren't, didn't think he was far enough along for the hand race or the more Diana. Um, I imagine he might come on for the run. Um, I rode Charger work last yesterday in the Carlac. He worked particularly well. He's won this the last two years. I think again, I think he's probably overpriced, a little bit forgotten about. Um, uh, but Sam Roy is probably our number one host. He was unlucky in the Mordiana. Look, he ran very keen for some reason, wouldn't be like him. Um, he win the third last. Mark was faced with a decision whether to go on and risk him burning up and doing too much and getting caught late on and getting a hard race or taking back, holding on to him and hoping to get a run. He didn't get a run, it didn't work out, that happens. Um, I think I, I think he should reverse the form Abracadabras and Jason, well, I don't think Jason's in it, but I think he reversed the form of Abracadabras, um, but I'm hoping maybe Charles might be able to mug the two of them. Shaq and Persuade, a nice winner in the heavyweight chase, and I suppose he comes to Leprechaun this year having had the run. How is he, first of all, and I suppose big hopes this season with him? Yeah, well, geez, he's hugely excited. He's probably the best two-miler we've ever had. Dermot Keeling who rides him out, is delighted with him since Mallow. Um, Willie just felt he wanted to get a run into him this year. He got beaten there last year and we felt he just he blew up and needed the run. Um, it looked like he probably needed the run in Mallow as well. He wasn't hugely impressive, um, but hopefully that will bring him forward. Um, look, we'd be very disappointed if he gets beaten, but we have been disappointed before. So. Two bumper horses that I was keen to, to ask you about, Patrick, is Cool Jets and Reality Check. Both set to go to Leprechaun over Christmas? Yes, Reality Check um, was beaten in uh, Fairy House. I thought he blew up. I thought he needed. Uh, sometimes when horses doing work really easily at home, they just when they get to the racetrack, then they're not as fit maybe as you thought they were. And I think that's the case with him. It was certainly the case we appreciated in the same bumper last year. Um, and Champagne Fever is another one that springs to mind. He got beaten first mile as well. So if they beat first mile, it's not the end of the world. Um, he runs in a two and a half mile bumper. Uh, which is the same route Appreciate it went. I think he's very good. I'll be very disappointed if he gets beaten again. Um, uh, I think he's a good horse. And uh, Cool Jet runs in the foil only on Stevens Day. Related to Cousin Vinny, um, a similar type, small, slight, not a big chase or anything. Jet Way seems to be doing very well. Uh, Brandy Love was a very impressive winner a couple of weeks ago. Um, look, he's a bit of a lazy, laid back type at home. I kind of get the feeling from him that he'd be better on the track, so uh, I'm looking forward to riding him. Absolutely. Must ask you about Great White Shark, winner of the Cesar Witch. Could she be one that maybe could shape into a stair source? And I see she's entered in the Christmas Hurdle Leverson. Yeah, she's in great form since um, since uh, her last run. Willie hasn't. We just backed off and let her freshen up. 
look, she has to step up an awful lot. She was third in the Martin Pike last year, I think. Um, so she has to step up a lot to be a stay at horse. Um, but I think Willie's keen to give her the opportunity to do that. Ken Boy, how is he ahead of the Savills? Yeah, Ruth Dudfield is delighted with him. Um, he blew up in third, needed it. Uh, worked well yesterday in the Curra. Uh, look, he's been, he was disappointed on it last year. He never seemed to travel with the same zest. He used to be a very keen horse, and last year he never really seemed to pick up the bridle. Um, a little bit the same with Thurlis. Um, he wants it really, really dry. That year he had the good year was that particularly dry winter, if you remember. Um, and that's probably the, maybe the key to him, so he won't want any more rain. And King of the Hill ahead of uh, the New Year's Day? Albu and Fodor? Albu and Fodor. What horse is King of the Hill? <laughs> No, Albu's in great form. Uh, Paul Rose rides now. He rode him in the curry yesterday with the light with him. He'll go back down with his um, bucket and spade to the sunny southeast on New Year's Day. And there's talk that Mona Lee might turn up there now, maybe, because he can't go to King George. So that'd be interesting. But look, we stumbled upon that route with him by accident. It was, like I said, that year with Kenboy when the ground was very dry. We didn't want to put Leopard down on dry ground. It was heavy on in Tremor. We ran there. We declared him then in Leopard for the Irish Cup. Ground was too quick, so we didn't run him. We went to go a cup, he won, and we just said, if it isn't broke, don't fix it. We haven't won a go a cup in 25 years before that, so um, maybe we've been doing it wrong all, all along. So we're taking the Henrietta Knight approach, um, which look, it's not ideal for every horse, but it works for him. So to be able to have a horse with a chance of being a triple go cup winner is very, very special. I'll just take a couple of questions, Paddy, from, from Twitter. Jackson asks, um, will Fly Smart or Figure Rock be out soon? Uh, Fly Smart and Figure Rock both met with setbacks last season. Um, they're both back in training. Will they be out soon? No, they'll be out this season, but not, not over Christmas or anything like that. Have we any update on Duvan? Asked by Paul Harper. Duvan is, he got a setback again around Galway time. He's had his time off. He's back in pre training. Um, we'll try to get him back for the end of the season again. Uh, but look, he's, he's just been tricky the last couple of years. Tom North asks, How is Alaho and will he run over to Christmas? Alaho's in great form. Uh, we were a little bit mystified by his run in the fog, uh, but David said he just made a bad mistake in the fourth last, which sort of knocked him out of the race and he left him alone then. So I'd probably draw a line through that one. Um, yeah, he's likely to run over to Christmas. It's not ideal. You know, I think he's probably a real two and a half mile horse. Um, he could run into three mile in the saddles um, and see how we get on there. But I think, you know, I think he's going to be more of a Ryanair horse than a Gold Cup horse. He might get away with. The three miles on Leopardstown, I'm not sure he's going to be turning to go up or stuff. And Adam1099 asks, how is Deploy de Ghetto, another Shibley Park horse, will he be out soon? Deploy de Ghetto, very exciting horse, um, got a little setback there maybe six weeks ago. Um, again, he should be out this season, but he won't be out um, in the next, over Christmas anyway. And close Sutton's on Stephen O'Neill asks, what horse pays for the Christmas for all the Irish punters? Oh, uh, like I said, I'd be very disappointed if Reality Check gets beaten. I think um, I, I'd be disappointed if he does. I think he's. I think he'll. Uh, I think he'll bring home the bacon. Patrick, thanks very much for having us up to close up this morning. Very best of luck over Christmas and for the rest of the season. Thanks very much, Barry. Yes, at 2.35 at Limerick, it's the matchbook betting exchange. Faheen, Novice Chase, a grade one on the card. Asterian Furlange, 11 to 10. Pencil Full of Lead, 7 to 2. Col Reavy, another Mullins representative. Danny Mullins is on him at 5 to 1. Janadil, 11 to 2. Mark Walsh aboard and Assemble, 12 to 1. Ron, if you thought the, the race in, in Leperstown was competitive, this one looks equally so, if not more. Yeah, this is an excellent race, uh... 
Barry, and that kind of feeds into the kind of angle that I'm going to come at because I think a steering for launch is much too short here. Um, I'd be willing to lay him at around five to four or or, uh, or anything kind of around that sort of price against these four other runners. So you can kind of make a strong case for each one of them. They're all kind of lightly raced novices who impressed mostly probably pencil full of lead beat latest exhibition last time. I was half expecting Gordon to declare him for the three mile race at, at uh, Leopardstown, but I think they've come here because of the ground. Uh, it's, it's likely to be heavy in Limerick as it always is. Um, and on that case, you can make a good solid case for Colorevi as well, who won at this meeting last season on heavy ground. Um, Jan Adil, I thought, was quite impressive at Nace. was a good hurdler last season. Uh, I think coming up to this this sort of trip actually will be will, will suit him. And Asterian for Lange, like everyone, is he, he's a nice bet for people because or people will like his profile because he's going right-handed here. It's probably his ideal sort of trip. And everyone knows his tendency to jump that way. But just because he's going right-handed uh, and he, he still jumps that way, it doesn't mean that his jumping is going to be completely efficient. Uh, you saw that late on at the Punchdown race when he jumped to his right under no real pressure and gave up ground anyway, even though he was turning that direction when when he was coming away in the straight. So I just think he'll come under a lot of pressure here in this sort of field with these five runners. And I'm more than willing to take him on at, at, at the sort of price that he is. Um, uh, the one I would probably top for most is Pensacola Lead. I really like him. I thought his performance be latest exhibition at um, Punchdown is really strong. And I think he's another one who fences will be the making one. They paid a lot of money for him after he won his bumper, uh, Brian Atchison of Rob Core. And uh, I think he could be the, the making of him is over fences. I really impressed him that day at Punchdown. And uh, I think he loved the conditions here. So uh, take on a steering for launch with Pensacola Lead. Vote for me. Mike Vince, I think Ronald Groom has his County Mead colour tinted glasses on. Uh, what is that? Is that an Arsenal Cup, Ronald Groom, for goodness sake? Uh, Asteria for Lange, I do agree with you. I think he is much too short. Um, Colerivi, you know, obviously a lot of people were touting her up for the, the mayor, or sorry, the, the, the mayor's chase at Cheltenham. Interesting, she goes in here against the Geldings. But Janadel was the interesting one for me. Thought he was impressive at Nace last time. Ran in the Albert Bartlett, of course, last year. And uh, really, really, I suppose, shaped like a non-stayer. Uh, back in trip, I know Willie was interested in giving him maybe a try at two miles. He said he was going to bring him right back down to the minimum distance over fences. He did start off... Um, over two mile three at Nace, and I thought he he done it very well. Should handle the conditions, and uh, I think he's I think he's very exciting, Jan, and eleven to two, and he'd be my play here. Mike, had you thoughts? Yeah, as um, for launch, we still remember the chaos he caused at um, Cheltenham, didn't he? When he managed to throw the Supreme away by jumping violently out to his right, I and mean, going right-handed is probably damage limitation more than anything else. Patrick was hinting to me days ago that was going to be their intention here. And the other thing to mention, of course, is that the Limerick fences, they're not that they're not the easiest fences in the world. Those two in the home straight come quite quickly and they can find you out. And I would think also the ground is going to be extremely testing. Although at least the thing about Limerick is they've got four lots of ground, so at least they can use fresh ground every day as the week goes on. Otherwise it's two versus if we plough the fields and scatter on the fourth day. Um, I actually think Janadil is is a better bet in this than Asterian for launch. Although it is interesting that, that Townend goes all the way uh, to Patrick's well for just the one ride. Um, and I think that is quite significant. I'm torn between the two. But at that price, there's no way that it will to be carrying any of the mother-in-law's money, Asterian for launch. 
Lads, it just gets better and better. The 145 at Leopardstown. We're going to come back to Leopardstown for the Paddy Power Future Novices. Uh, Hurdle is a grade one over the minimum trip. And I'm very surprised, Runner Groom, to see appreciated. I thought the Lawlers at Nace was a, a perfect target for him. Yeah, I'm a bit surprised as well, but it's probably as a result of the the Fernie Hollow uh, situation with him. Um, like, it's interesting. I appreciate it was quite a short favourite for this when the news came out, and Bally Adam was about seven to two shot, but you, it's flip flopped around now, and, and rightfully so. Bally Adam is the Grade One uh, winner, courtesy of his win at Barry House, and the trip angle here would appreciate because they've always felt, I mean, Patrick uh, has been speaking in, in various different um, previous to the season. And he's always said that he felt that appreciate might be the Ballymore slash Albert Bartlett horse. And that the two miles might just be a bit too quick for him. Like he's obviously a very good horse in the form of his uh, race down in Cork has worked out nicely, but he won a two and a half mile bumper. I think was either at this meeting or another Leprechaun meeting last season. And, I think he just could get caught out here. Um, Bally Adam, I thought, obviously has the form in the book. Um, when you just take take it on hurdles form uh, uh, versus appreciated, you you kind of have to pop for the Elliot horse here. And they, I think they're quite confident that they have his jumping kind of uh, sorted out from Fairy House, um, which is which will obviously make him improve even more. Um, the one maybe just to mention against the two is I think a horse you like, uh, Barry Keskon Risk. Thought he did well to, to win that uh, fairy house. Uh, he pulled it out of the fire for JJ Slevin there. Um, and I give him lots of kind of scope. He was bought by, um, um, I think, uh, I forget his first name, Gretch. He was the Gretchen Parkin guy. Mike, you might know about more about that. The, the guys um, who, who own those nice horses in Britain last year. Yeah, and Henry has said night is the person who's been doing all the, all the buying for them. And, and um, she is Madam Shrewdy. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they're interesting that they're, they've spent a lot of money. Yeah, they've got horses with 450,000 Rona Groom. This horse cost, and yeah, listen, he, he was a very impressive bumper winner, Ronan, last year up at Ferry Hill for Timmy Hyde. Um, and as Mike said, Henrietta Knight, Mrs. Shrewdy, uh, got the checkbook out on behalf of uh, Mike Gretchen. Listen, I thought he was impressive the, the, the last day at Fairy House. Um, you know, he showed a good attitude. He was ridden f- far off the pace. And, you know, he, I suppose it wasn't overly hard, but he, the horse responded. I liked his attitude most. He didn't travel up there like a Supreme Novice's hurdle winner on the bridle, but uh, really got down. I, I reckon there's a lot of improvement from this horse. I, I would I would play him each way against the field. Uh, I think appreciated it. it is it, The trip is very short for him. I thought he was going to be that Ballymore horse, and he may still be. Um, and he may take a lot of beating in this, but I just at the prices I take a chance on Keskan Risk. Mike, could you thoughts? I'm going to go each day against the pair of you, and um, although he's finished, he's going to have to turn the form around. Um, I have been a Engolo fan for some time, uh, and I think that yeah, it was maybe the track didn't suit at Fairy House, um, but his win at Navan the time before was impressive, um, and I think that he might just. And be able to um, come on a bit, and I think he's too big. Um, so, and go to each way for me. Yeah, so the, the second race we're going to preview on Sunday's card at Leperson is a 2.55. It's the Paddy Power uh, Chase, the big handicap grade B on the card, over three miles. Castleborn West, I'll give you a quick show of betting here, lads. Castleborn West is eight to one. Paul Town and up for Willie Mullins. Home by the Lee 
eight to one for Joseph O'Brien. Locks corner eight to one for John John Neal. Uh, Captain CJ Dermot McLaughlin ten to one chance. Manila Times ten to one. Discordantly eleven to one. Far class eleven to one for Gordon Elliott. Dun vegan Pat Fahey twelve to one. Ten time twelve to one. Fitz Henry the old warrior is a fourteen to one shot. Red on bar the rest. Tell you what, Mike Vince, you dissect this one. Well, it's Locks Corner a plot horse is is my initial thoughts on this. Mark Walsh for John Joe, um, and a horse that has been able to run in this race because of the fact that he was already in Ireland and it was at Martinstown, having left John Joe some days ago, because obviously, sadly, in the current climate, uh, there's no Irish horses at Kempton and there's no other uh, British-trained horses. Thomas Darby was hoping to run uh, at Leopardstown. Likes his win at Kempton. Is he a plot horse? All the signs are that he is, because Mark Walsh is on board. Um, and uh, they haven't either got McLernan or, or Junior uh, on it, and JP's got several others you mentioned. Fitz Henry's also got the, uh, the Henry de Bromhead horse, hasn't he, in uh, in Minella Times in the race. So that's my initial reaction to it. Of the others, um, I, I just thought that Milan Native was pulled up last time, but his early form, but maybe he just goes better when he's fresh and he might be the one of the Jiggins Towns to go each way. Uh, but I just think that I'd be surprised if Locks Corner is ticking all the, the boxes as the horse that JP thinks will pay for his Christmas. Ronald Groom, what did you like in the Paddy Power? Um, I like a, a couple, and I think Mark Walsh is on the wrong wrong horse here. Um, I think uh, Manetta Times have been quite sweet on for this race for a while. Um, uh, they went for the two and a half miles handicap chase the, the big the valuable one down in Limerick last season and he finished second and they easily could have went for that race again but I think they've decided to uh, it's all about the Paddy Power this year and come here so it's very interesting he comes here instead they won over two six at the start of the season uh, at the stall and looked like he was crying out for an extra bit of trip there he's lightly raced seven year old uh, he's six pounds higher for that list all run but I think he's coming into his prime now he's, as I said he only has eight runs and I like what he did last season, um, mostly as a six-year-old. So seven going on eight. I think he's just hitting his prime now uh, off a mark of 136 for Henry Drumhead. I gave him a big chance. The other McManus runner, I think, is really interesting. The 10-10 for uh, Dempsey. Uh, and Simon Torrance taking five pens off his back. Like There's there's a huge hallmarks here for a big improvement coming up to this trip. All his form last season's over around two miles, two and a half miles. Stayed on nicely over hurdles at Nace, uh, a good handicap hurdle. I think it was the brown lad behind Barna Vadoon. And it just looks like a, a horse that's just been saved for this off his mark. If he stays, he could be anything off 137. I share Mike view, Mike's view on the Milan native. I think he was interesting as well. I thought actually he, he pulled up in the Porter's time, but he ran quite well. If that's it doesn't really that doesn't really make a lot of sense. But he was he was he was still travelling well going into the straight and just cut out. So maybe just coming down to this three miles is interesting. And I like the angle of Rob James riding them again, takes seven pounds off his back. Uh, as I said on the previous podcast, that's that's nearly a free seven pounds given all the winners that he's uh, ridden over fences. So th- there are two maybe a bigger prices, but I am sweet on Minetta Times here. I think he's, he's a big chance. Just thinking, um, uh, Ronan, isn't it a shame that Simon Torrance claims five and not three? Because then we could have 
10 10 carrying 10 10. and what is Hannon is Hannon hoping that uh, roaring bull wins again yeah <laughs> i hope you not roaring bull and pressure on the room my best no absolutely it brings back bad memories because i backed with henry didn't i i was absolutely all over him i thought he had it won and then next next thing jerry hannon starts screaming <laughs> lads done vegan for for pat fahey i think i think this horse is he, he's he first first and foremost i think he's well handicapped um He's rated only a pound over higher over over fences than he is a herder. If you ever see him, he's a big strapping chaser. This, um, and I suppose he's disappointed me a couple of times. I think that one of the races during lockdown that was covered down in in, in Turles, you might remember, um, he went off an eight to one chance behind zero ten. I thought that day was the day for him. Brian Cooper rides. He ran behind Daily Tiger. Uh, reasonable run the last time. Just for. Finished 12 lengths behind Daily Tiger um, in the handicap chase, grade B up at Punchestown. That's just over a month ago now. Castleborn West was in that race as well. And I think through the lines of him, if you're fancying Castleborn West, I think Don Vegan is very interesting up in trip uh, two, three miles. It is competitive, obviously, as you said, Ron. The other one in there was Discordantly. I liked him for the Tri Town. I thought he ran a good race. Um, the Jam Mancher, how could anything get near that on the day? And, you know, he carried him into the straight. He probably got a bit tired uh, late on. I wouldn't give up hope on him either. Paddy Kennedy here, off 142. That's discordantly. They'd be my two against the field. Mike Vince, let's come on to the Welsh National. You caught up with Paul Nichols. Yeah, he's got the top two in this, and this will be a squelch-a-thon um, because... Uh, Chepstow's had almost a case of water water and it's a case of feed me till I want no more the amount of water it's had it'll be a real test 23 of them uh, fences they've got to have to jump Nichols has got the top two uh, let's see what he says about them in Trucker's Lodge uh, was, went up to Calso and had an unsuited look and it was a bit unfortunate uh, um, he's been had an away day as well he loved the ground that improved enormously on last year that was only his fourth run over fences when he ran in that He's in great shape, love the ground. And Yala Enki, though he's got 11-12, it's just the distance and the ground that suits him. Obviously, he carried 11-12 at Chepstow early in the season, got beaten nose in that really good race. Uh, only got as far as the first uh, entry the other day, which in a lot of ways is a bonus because he didn't have a hard race. So, you know, he's done a lot of schooling since. Look forward to running both of them. It's an ideal race for them. I should have said top two, of course, in terms of the weights, not um, in the market. Um, and I just hope this is a good race because it's been running memory of, of Colin Tizar's daughter. Kim, who so sadly died um, early in the year. It was a real uh, tragedy, and you would love to see a Tizard horse do it. Um, Evan Williams is very sweet on Secret Reprieve, the horse that won the, the trial over three miles. And, you know, when Evan comes out being sweet about one, that often is the case. Um, Ramses to tie will have his ground, but uh, I think you can put a line through his run at um, Aintree because he just hated the place. And it, it happens to a few of these horses. Uh, and Ramsey's to tie possibly each way for me in it. But it's a minefield of a race. It's a, it's a very competitive. I don't think it's particularly the best quality Welsh national we've ever had. Um, but it's fiercely competitive. And uh, as I say, Ramsey's to tie each way on the ground for me. 
Tony. Now we're going to come on to Leopardstown on the 28. We are speaking before final decks, but I'll give you a quick show of betting for the Savins Chase. 2 to 1, Manella Endo presenting Percy is a 4 to 1 shot. 9 to 2, Delta Work, Kenboy 6 to 1. A Plutard, 7 to 1. Sam Crow, whether he goes 12 to 1 shot. Alaho, 12 to 1 also. And it is 14 to 1, the rest, as far as I can see it here. Ronan Groom, your, I suppose, big hope for the season. Manila Endo goes here. Does he take all the beating? And is there any value left in his price? Uh, he does take all the beating. Just for, as you said there, you were unsure about Sam Caron. He will run here. We have that in Dyer Shield today. Gordon Elliott said he's going to run. Um, and I'll get to him in a second because I do think he's very interesting. Uh, Manella Indo obviously is is the rightful favourite and he's done nothing wrong this season. The RSA form looks looks strong enough from, from last year, although Alaho was a bit disappointing and we haven't seen Champ yet, but it looked strong form at the time and Manella Indo has been the kind of pioneer for it so far this season. Uh, yeah, look, I think he's, he's solid enough. He's still likely raced over fences. He still could be improving and... He's he's the the, the rock solid stayer. I think he'd be better maybe when he gets to Cheltenham even even more. But here at Leopardstown, it's hard to um, it's hard to make holes in his case. That said, it is a good race, Barry. You're looking at the likes of Delta Work coming back here. He always improved for his first run. Uh, he loves it around Leopardstown. Uh, and and Sam Crow was kind of just the interesting angle into the race because. This is his first run over three miles. So you're talking about the horse, you know, this was the when 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 people were hyping him up back back when he was a novice hurdler and things, they were talking about gold cups. And obviously the decision to go over champion hurdle route was the wrong decision to take, and Gordon Elliott has admitted to that. And he's only getting his first start over three miles now, and it's just interesting coming up to the trip. And in the in the Irish Fields that's out this morning, uh, Gordon was saying you could easily see him travelling best of all to two out and then it's a question of whether he stays or not. But it's interesting that Eddie O'Leary is on record and saying he, he thinks Sam Crow will stay three and a half miles. So it's kind of a difference of opinion there. Um, I, I think he could be worth a go here. I'm not sure what price he can get now. I, I backed him at 16 to 1. Uh, he's going to run. Um, so if the, you're listening to this podcast on Christmas Eve. Declarations aren't out yet. Gordon is planning to declare him. So that's, you know, the, the price may come in when that does happen. And I think he, he was the most interesting here. The, he's obviously won the, the Marsh quite well last season. I think that form is okay. Uh, Mellon has ran well since this season. And just up at three miles, it could be anything. Could be could This could be uh, Sam Crow back in the Gold Cup picture. Yeah, well, what, another horse that... Sam Crow's rated 160 run, and you said up to three miles for the first time. Another horse that... To my knowledge, is going to be declared. He is the only J- JP McManus horse in the race, and he's only a five-year-old. But Facker Dudery, fifty to one. Just the thought. He's going to run. He is going to run on on Friday night uh, on the off the ball show. Uh, the interview with uh, Joseph O'Brien. He said he is going to run. Just the fact that it is the only Jack JP McManus representative. He is unexposed over three miles. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Mike. That you, I thought it was Ronan that had been at the source last night. Um, is my initial reaction to that. I mean, I, I take it we are assuming, and, and you two will know more about this than me, that, that Monolly is not going to turn up here, and obviously with Manila Indo in the race, because of course Monolly is still in the race, and, and Monolly would be a huge player if he does turn up. Um, I just think they go to Tremor, Mike, I think uh, is the plan. Uh, they I, did talk I, about this say, I, That's what we are assuming, but of course, uh, Tremor gets very wet. Um, the album photo show, of course, at, at, uh, 
had some more. I'm only mentioning that because, of course, he is still in the race here. Um, Ken Boy second. That was a nonsense race at Thurlish. Small field, two miles six. Yeah, presenting Percy won nicely on the day, but he had the race run to suit. I think Ken Boy will come on for it over what is a much more suitable track for him. But it's going to be very interesting to see, looking at what Willie's got in the race, um, namely both uh, Ken Boy and Mellon, where does what will Townend ride? And of course, the storyteller. Well, he won the Dan Royal race, didn't he? But I think Ken Boy will improve for his run at Thurley's and and goes to post, unfortunately for him, uh, with my shilling. Mm. It's not a strong fancy for me, Mike. Let me just say that. I just thought it was interesting that Rona made a case for Sam Crow. Uh, Fakir Dudery, um, he is going to run, as I said, and, and, and 50 to 1. I just thought it might be a small bit big. Maybe he might run into a place or something like that. Uh, Christmas Hurdle is the three-mile race at Leperson. His first day or his runner groom thoughts? Yeah, the, the storyteller is going to run here. Um, Barry, uh, another one Gordon gave us news about in the Irish field today, which is is interesting i don't think it's the strongest the strongest contest uh fury road is the one i thought uh was the most interesting just on the albert bartlett form last season working out very well isn't it when you uh, take into the fact what time hill's done monkfish has looked pretty good over fences so his latest exhibition they all i think ronan ronan i think he's a great bet here fury road yeah yeah i i think so as well like, like they the lovely little prep run for this race he ran in that two and a half mile grade two at punchestown it was on that race was on a week before the Hatton's Grace. I don't know where the race planners come up with this sort of stuff because there was no one going to go for that two and a half mile when, when you could go for the grade one that was worth whatever 100 grand a week later. And Fury Road turned up there and could have a nice soft race over two and a half miles. He was only pushed out after the last one easily, and that would have left him lovely now for this coming up and trip. Gordon's adamant that coming up to three miles is will suit him as well. So Jack Kenny said after that race, a faster pace. Uh, you know, a longer trip to run over. I think he's the rock solid sort here. Uh, out of Gordon's anyway, you know, Sire de Burley is there and you can make a case for him. He did it nicely at Navin over two and a half miles, coming up three miles of Zoom as well. But Fury Road, I think, is the one potential, you know, class horse that could emerge here. And uh, on the time hill form, it's worked out very well this season. Uh, Fury Road finished ahead of him in the Albert Bartlett. So, um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up favourite on the day, Barry. Yeah, I think so. One of the bets of the Christmas period for me, Mike Vince. Would you agree with me or Ronan, or would you, would you find something else in here? Uh, I would chance one each way at a huge price if it turns up here. Uh, but but I had to I have to say it was only a handicap. But he got how impressive was flooring Porter at Navin in that big group, uh, grade B. And uh, interesting, they've put this horse in a, grade, in a grade one for his next start. And I could see him running a huge race, only five. Um, certainly will stay longer than the mother-in-law. Um, and I think he might just be, uh, the race might be run to suit and he might go well at a big price. But I'm not necessarily saying he'll win, uh, but he might be good for a little bit of the old itchy wazy. <laughs> uh, it's coming on to the 29th uh, as I said we don't have full decks again but the Madison Hurdle is the big race on the card it's I suppose St. Raw versus Abacadabras Ronan what way are you leaning yeah look it's 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 uh, probably between the two of them on the bet and um, Barry it's uh, they finished first and second in the, the Morgiana at Punchestown the one thing to say there was and it's, it's been well documented since is the form or, or the way that race was run was quite slow and they kind of quickened up after and 
Mark Walsh got a bit of stick for his ride on Saint Ron. I think a lot of people are assuming that he's going to switch the form here, but I wouldn't be too convinced. Abercadabras is a course and distance winner here at Leperstown, and it's just not very reliable form to look at, and you can't be fully sure what how it will play out here if if they do go pace that that sort of form will hold up or which one will switch or whatever. Saldier is probably. You know, he's probably the most interesting one, especially if the ground dries out. At 12 to 1, he, he looked a big price um, around Leopards 10. He's obviously won this race for the last two years running. Thought if he turned up, I thought that would definitely be the, definitely be the play here. Um, uh, Petty Mouchard as well in his first start for uh, for Gordon is is interest or second start for Gordon. Sorry, is interesting. Um, and Aspire Tower is the four-year-old taking on the older horses. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of that, but he did it quite nicely at uh, Darren Riley beat Abigadabras. And this was the meeting that he was very impressive at last season when he won by umpteen lengths. So I, I would be willing to take on the top two, Barry, especially if Saturday runs. That would be my play. Um, so that's the, that's the way I'm looking in. Uh, I think around 12 to 1. I think that's that's way too big. Yeah, interesting. Aspire Tower, change of ownership actually, Ronagroom. But uh, the one for me actually was Sherge. I think he's rock solid, as you said. Uh, eight to one, apparently worked very well at the Curra uh, midweek. And I'm not overly keen on the top two in, in the market. I think the Irish Champion Hurdle uh, division is quite weak, Mike Vince. Would you agree, disagree? Well, I, I can't understand why um, everybody thinks that Abercadabras will turn the tables on Aspire uh, who won on merit at Down Royal. Uh, and uh, th- there was no unluckiness about it. And so to me, although the horse is only four, and Aspartire, apart from that fall of the Dublin Racing Festival, has done nothing wrong. Was won the, the, the juvenile, the, the grade two, at uh, this meeting last year. But Patrick gets on well with Sharjah, going for a hat-trick. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who ends up riding what, whether Patrick will get on board Charger or whether Townend will ride it. And that will depend, I suspect, on, on Sally. But for me... Aspartar is only four. As I say, I cannot work out why um, people think that Abacadabras will turn that form. And of course, you know, there's a horse called Curse Sublime down the bottom there, which is a horse that loves it around Leopardstown. But yeah, I'll chance Aspartar, I think. Charger for me, guys, at eight to one. I think he is good uh, value at a bit of a price in this field. Lads, before we come on to NAP and NB of the entire Christmas period, we have this fantastic giveaway sponsored by Thomas Coyle, who's on the gallops and who's asked me to do Santa Claus. Uh, we have the winner of the win your own, win your own racehorse, 20% share in the Marquez, uh, ready to go at Dundalk in January. The winner's in here, lads. Can we have a drum roll, Mike Vince? Yeah, drum roll. One, two, three, four, five. Put your hand in, go on. That's a bottle of wine. That's not the winner. The winner of 20% share in the Marcas. There's over 240 entries in here, Mike Vince. Can you read that? No. Can you read it now? No. No. Roland Sack. Roland Sack from Dublin slash Roscommon. So I'm not sure which county he's from, but Roland Sack is the winner. We'll be in touch with him. He owns 20% share for a year in the Marquez uh, horse on, on named and on race, Mike Vince. What an exciting prize. Yeah, congratulations. Welcome to the uh, association of... Uh, 
racehorse owners. And if you have half as much fun as I've had with a couple that I've still got, one on this side of the water and one on uh, the other side of the water, then you are in for a treat. Good luck. And thanks to everybody who uh, contested. And thanks to um, Mr. Coyle, bless him, uh, who's uh, going to give you a fascinating insight. You've just learnt and you've won something that money can't buy. The experience of being a racehorse owner. Good luck to you. He dressed me up as an elf, especially to deliver the news. So, yeah, once again, congratulations to Roland Stack from Dublin slash Roscommon. And as I said, thanks very much to Thomas Coyle, who's on the gallops and can't be with us today. But, uh, uh, yeah. So, let's come on to Naps and NB of the entire Christmas period. Mike Vince, take it away. I'm going to say the Naps is that you're going to end up on top of that Christmas tree. Um, though the, the Nap for me, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm loyal, if nothing else. I'm going to nap the big breakaway to win the Corto Star. Although I, I'm very sweet as well on um, that horse of uh, Gordon's, namely uh, Farak Delane that runs in the grade two on the second day at Limerick. And next best also, I think, will benefit from a step up in trip also on uh, the 26th. Um, ITV is showing this Weatherby, the Roland Merrick Springtown Lake. For Hobbs and O'Brien, I didn't think he liked the fences in the Sefton, which of course were the national fences. Stepping up in trip back over a park course, I think he'll go. He'll go close. Nap and NB for myself. Nap comes in the Christmas hurdle um, over three miles. I think as Roland Groom said, Fury Road probably will go off favourite. He's eleven to four now. I think at the prices, he's not a horse I would have mentioned too much before on the Champion E podcast, but the form is working out. Uh, rock solid. The Albert Barker from last year's had a run. He was very impressive over two and a half miles on the heavy ground and it probably is going to turn up on the softer side at Leopardstown. I don't think the race is that deep and I think he is probably the most likely winner. And my next best is Keskon Risk. Very interested in him, I think, in the future novices hardly is. Seven to one chance um, at the moment. And I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Really. The top two in the market will be difficult to beat, but I am interested in this Keskon risk. I think he is. He could turn out quite a smart novice this season for Joseph O'Brien. He's my next best. Ronan Groom, Nap and MB. Yeah, Nap uh, for uh, Sanders Obo and the King George. I just think uh, he's rock solid. He's been there and done it. Uh, he's going for his third win in the race. Loved his run at Bet- in, at Haydock in the Betfair. And uh, I think he can make it three in a row for Sam Twiston Davies on his back again. Uh, and next best, I'll go with Minetta Times in the uh, in the uh, Paddy Power. I think they they've primed him out for the race. Obviously, a lot of horses will be primed for it, but I think coming up to three miles, he's right age profile. He's only had eight runs over fences. Scope to improve coming up in trip and just general scope uh, to improve being a lightly raced horse. Uh, I think he he's a nice bet in the Paddy Power around twelve to one. There you go, lads. That's our nap and MB in the Christmas period. Some of the naps and MBs that won over the last couple of weeks on the Champ E podcast. Chatham Street Lads, 16 to 1. Benson, 11 to 1. Sky Pirate, 6 to 1. Warlord, Mike Vince, you tipped on him up as an app at 13 to 2. 50 ball, uh, 3 to 1. And Kid Commando. That's just some, I suppose, of the winners that we produced on the show over the, over the last couple of weeks. If you haven't liked this video please do so and subscribe if you haven't done so to the channel once again a big congratulations to Roland Sack who won 20% of that mark as uh, on race and on names trying to guard Mike Vince a very happy Christmas to you Roland Groom the same and we'll be back before the new year I'd imagine please God happy Christmas to all and all and um 
keep your halo straight, Mr. Groom. 